Hey there, and welcome back to the Emotionally Intelligent Parenting Podcast. I'm Stephanie Pinto, and I hope you have been enjoying these episodes. <laughs> I only just started it in November. I'm so grateful for each and every one of you who have tuned in and who have given me your time and let me tune into your ears and, you know, hear what I love to talk about, which is obviously all things emotional intelligence and all things parenting. So quick fun fact before we jump in is that I was a speech pathologist for 10 years just prior to moving into emotional intelligence. So I don't know if you knew that, maybe you did, maybe you didn't, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to start with a weird little fact. It actually really um, influences the way I coach and everything I speak about with parenting um, because so much of it is about communication, clear conscious communication, listening, language and the words we use, everything. Anyway, I just thought I would drop that in there. <laughs> so I am so glad you are here. I'm the mum of two and I'm a wife to one and we're here in Sydney, Australia coming to you. I am a best-selling author of From Chaos to Connection. I'm an international speaker and an award-winning coach. So everything to do with emotional intelligence is my jam. Doesn't mean I'm an expert, like please don't get me wrong, but 100% it is what I live and breathe every day. I, am, I, I make mistakes and I stuff up, but I still, I get back on the bandwagon. I love reading books. I love watching things. I follow so many parenting and emotional intelligence and psychology accounts online. And actually, I encourage you guys to do the same. I went through a period, I can't even remember when it was, where I unfollowed a bunch of CRAP, like other accounts. I thought, why am I even... Kardashians like really I don't know so I unfollowed a ton and then I made made it really um I guess I had a real intention behind who I looked at on social media and things like that so now if I'm scrolling which I actually very rarely do because I do not have time <laughs> uh when and if I'm scrolling I'm actually seeing decent stuff so I encourage you guys to do that too anyway so I want to acknowledge the Darug Nation, who are the traditional custodians of the land on which I live, work and record this podcast. I pay my respects to all First Nations people, elders and ancestors, and I acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded and I stand in solidarity towards a shared future. Also, maybe a second fun fact, um, just a few days before this episode will air, it was Australia Day, so that, and that's the 26th of January. So... Um, Let's get into the episode because this is going to be I what I think, but I am biased, to be a really thought-provoking one. And I want you guys to kind of have some reflections about it. Uh, and I would love, love, love to please, like, I want to hear your feedback. I am so grateful that a, a bunch of you already have, um, we've, we've either received emails or I've got messages on my social media and my team show me every single one. And they're like, Steph, we got another parent who, you know, listened to your podcast and found it really helpful. I'm like, oh my God, are you serious? Like, <laughs> so I, sometimes I forget that people listen to this. Um, I'm just waffling on about the stuff I love. So thank you. And yes, I'm going to put a sneaky little plug. I really would love if you can rate and uh, give a star rating and review this podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you can. It really helps it reach other parents and it kind of pushes it up and gets it out there and um, will come up on people's feeds who may be looking for this exact episode or this exact um, piece of advice or insight. Um, so if you find it helpful, please, I would love if you take two seconds at the end to do that. And I will be eternally grateful. Okay, let's talk about tantrums versus meltdowns. Are they different? Are they just the same thing? 
are we splitting hairs <laughs> and what do we do? How do we deal with these um, big challenging behaviory moments? Maybe our kids are lashing out. Maybe they are saying or doing hurtful things or being dangerous, whatever that stuff is. Let's talk about that in this episode. So I feel like for a long time, I would see so many different posts and articles and, you know, tips and things on how to handle tantrums versus meltdowns um, because they were different and they looked different and they had different motives. Uh, I think a lot of parents feel that um, tantrums are more intentional, more willful and almost like thought out, like their child has an intention to get what they want. Uh, so they're using this behavior to, yeah, um, get some food, get some attention, get some, get the iPad, get TV, um, or get away from something. I don't want to do this. I don't want to bath. I don't want to do my homework, whatever that is. They're trying to get their point across and they're trying to basically get what they want. So that sounds very manipulative. Um, it does not sound very, it doesn't sound like that is going to elicit you know, our warmth and our understanding and our compassion and our patience. So I totally get that. And that's, that's a big reason why I don't like the word tantrum because it just invites this manipulative kind of, um, tone. I think meltdowns on the other hand, I feel like a lot of, um, a lot of us see those as more dysregulation as the body has taken over, the child is overwhelmed, out of their depth, can't function, and maybe less, you know, so they're less in their right mind and less putting it on intentionally or willfully. I hope that makes sense. I'm going to come from obviously the emotional intelligence standpoint. And you guys know that um, everything I talk about and all of my strategies and approaches and everything like that is backed by science and it's underpinned by what we know about particularly neuroscience. So the brain, the brain development um, and the nervous system now as well, which really has kind of come to the forefront, I think, of parenting and just on the map in general in the last even like 10 years. It's much more new it's much newer than what we kind of know about the brain. So 90s was when we really started seeing a lot coming out of, you know, studies and research and things about the brain and MRI scans and everything. But yeah, the nervous system um, is kind of that next level, I think, that really, really helps us to understand children's behavior and tantrums and meltdowns. So I will go on record saying I don't care about the difference between tantrums and meltdowns. I don't see a difference. I don't, um, I don't like seeing the child and their behavior through this lens of manipulate, manipulating or not, or trying to get their needs met or not, or, um, trying to intentionally communicate something with their behavior. I do not, I think we're giving kids way too much credit. Um, that sounds really bad. I think we're giving them way too much credit when they are in that state of um, crumbling and falling in a heap as in, as in mentally, emotionally, physically probably too. I think we are giving them too much credit with what they're able to do cognitively in those moments. Um, I always kind of bring this back to myself and other adults and think when I'm really stressed and I am overwhelmed or I have tons of things going on under my iceberg, 
I am not at the point, like my behavior is not a reflection of me um, calmly and carefully and intentionally trying to manipulate people or manipulate a situation. I'm just stressed and I'm doing, I'm dealing with things the best that I can. <laughs> and, and in those moments, it's not very good. So I see kids really um, dealing with things the same, um, but just not at, not anywhere near as much as a mature level as what we can do. Right, because we know their brains are not that not as sophisticated as ours. We we literally know that about brain development now. I want to mention here the work of Dr. Ross Green, who does incredible work over in the U.S. and um, Canada, I believe. So around those, you know, you guys who are in those places are lucky because um, you've got him to you know. There are so many, so much work he does. So many workshops. I've done um, a two-day training with him. At, on his collaborative and proactive solutions method. Um, I have his book, one of his books, which is called The Explosive Child. It's just sitting behind me. Um, and it's something I refer parents to a lot. Not necessarily when they have explosive kids, because mine are not, my two are not explosive, um, you know, 95% of the time. However, it is this approach, the collaborative and proactive solutions approach is so, so productive and beneficial and powerful for parents to use with their kids. And in it, the reason why I'm talking about this is because he describes, he, man, he, he hits the nail on the head with the lens through which we need to see our kids, particularly in these challenging moments. So when they are having what we might call a tantrum or a meltdown, we need to see them through this lens of our child is doing the best that they can under the circumstances that they're in and with the capacity that the cognitive capacity or the tools that they have, let's just say that, right? They're doing the best that they can. Um, I often kind of tweak that quote and I say, your child is doing the best that they can with the brain that they have. And nothing is more true than that. <laughs> and at the same time, they can be really not doing very well with the brain that they have. And it can be very frustrating for us, um, especially when a tantrum or a meltdown is happening. So I love that he um, sees behaviors in this lens. He calls behaviors a smoke signal. Uh, you know, it's just what we see on the surface level. So if your child, if you think your child is having what we would call or what some would call a tantrum because you have just said, no, you can't have that third cookie um, or yes, you must do your homework. And then they start to grumble and um, get you know, cranky and irritable. And then you ask them to, you know, pick up that thing they dropped or put their plate in the sink and they say no. And then there's a, you know, a back and forth. Well, come on, I've asked you to. Um, and they say, I don't want to. And then it just, you know, things usually spiral downwards <laughs> and implode. Um, we can see sometimes our child is having a tantrum because they know that we have said no or that they have to do something and yet they're still pushing or they're just not, um, they're just not, you know, accepting my no or my, my request to do something. So what I want to bring to your attention here is that even though our child, however, this situation may start out, our kids have a very, uh, like a hair trigger, you know, they're very easily pu pulled into this state of dysregulation where they lose access to that more thoughtful, logical, rational part of their brain that can problem solve, that can um, maybe perspective take a little bit, that has access to some empathy, uh, you know, for other people. 
and also the ability to communicate clearly their emotions, regulate their emotions. So very quickly our kids can lose that and what may start out as, you know, it might seem intentional. They said, uh, we said no, and then they're, you know, nagging, nagging or um, begging, begging. Whatever that is, know that however it starts, your child can very quickly move into a meltdown. Um, that's why I just don't even, I just don't really even need to see a difference. I don't see that there is a need to see a difference. I think if we come back to that um, notion from Dr. Ross Green, our kids are doing the best that they can in, you know, in any moment of the day based on what's going on under their iceberg, um, what is, uh, what's happening in the current situation and their level of skills. So three-year-old, 13-year-old, it doesn't matter. They're going to be trying to handle that as best as they can. So how do we deal with our kids in these moments? Well, it may not surprise you for me to say, number one, we always need to turn our focus inward first and look at ourselves and have an awareness of, am I managing my emotions in this moment or am I about to have my own tantrum or my own meltdown? Now keep in mind, obviously an adult meltdown looks differently to a kid's. Okay, it might not look that different. We might actually, you know, yell and scream and, and things like that, say and do things we regret. But it might also be a more contained adult meltdown in the fact that, you know, I would have and sometimes still do. If I'm really um, stressed or upset, I will shut down and go into like uh, stonewall, not talking, um, you know, want, want to withdraw my my connection and um, relationship with people. Like I will, you know, put up that wall and it's like a, <laughs> I, I had a friend um, and we used to joke about this, um, like we would become ice queens. <laughs> so you just couldn't get through. So that's an adult, that's a potential adult version of a kid's tantrum. You're behaving how I don't like, or you're not doing what I have asked you to do. And so I am not going to speak to you. You are dead to me, basically. <laughs> right. So still, you know, very unhelpful behavior and not very mature of us, but we do it. So uh, if some of you have heard my recent episode on our sometimes, um, hypocritical habits as parents, this is kind of touching on that. So in either case, what I want to say, in either case, if you think your child's having meltdown, if you think they're having a tantrum, I really want you to, number one, let go of that. Let go of the discerning and is my child intentionally putting this on? Because um, as we know, our, our child's brain is under construction at the best of times, right? So they are going to be trying to meet that expectation, trying to meet the situation's expectations or meet the demands of that situation with kind of the, you know, under construction, I guess, brain and nervous system that, that they have. So they're not going to be able to handle it as maturely as us anyway. And the moment big emotions come into that because they're not getting what they want or they're not feeling heard or listened to or they are feeling rushed, like da-da-da-da-da-da-da, any of that stuff, then we are going to see that very quick crumbling or spiraling downwards into, you know, puddle on the floor, saying and doing things that are totally inappropriate or unrelated or incoherent. You know, we, we see those with our kids. They are not putting that on, Okay. Even when I want to put in a little, a little note here, even when your child is 
seemingly really still switched on, um, you know, at, at a what you would call relatively calm and engaged, but they're being very, I don't know, stubborn, if you want to call it that. Even then, we do not know. We cannot see what is going on under the surface in their body and in their nervous system. I am a great example of that when I was a kid. I would look fine and cool, calm, collected on the surface and underneath I would be literally about to faint. And sometimes I would faint because of my anxiety <laughs> and, and my emotional, uh, I don't know, unintelligence or dysregulation. I don't want you to think that, no, my child is, you know, I've seen it with my kids. They will be going back and forth over something that they would like and I've said no to or we can't go there, you know, whatever that is. And I will have to remind myself to be careful that they, even though I'm, handling you know we're going back and forth and I'm handling myself and communicating and so is my child my son or my daughter even if they are you know seeming to kind of work back and forth with me and listen in a conversation I still have to remind myself that under the surface they could be very nearly um you know about to go about to kind of lose it about to I can see sometimes tears in my kids eyes when they feel like they know that they're not going to get their way or get that thing, there can be this like undercurrent of, you know, huge stress, um, fight or flight kind of thing. So I have to be just really mindful of that. As I was saying before, and then I got totally distracted, <laughs> what to do in the moment um, with either one. Number one, dial up our own emotional intelligence. Like I said, turn our focus inwards so that we're noticing, am I, um, am I getting really frustrated here? Like, am I about to lose it? Because I can, I can feel myself, you know, building. Remind yourself of whatever mantra you need to tell yourself about your child and they're under construction brain or the fact that they're overwhelmed or that they're doing the best they can with the brain they have and it's not a very good brain. <laughs> what, what do you need to tell yourself in those moments to kind of maintain that sense of, okay, I've got to be careful here or I, I've got to be mindful. I'm the adult. I'm the healthy adult and that's my child who who is... Um, you know, going to be struggling in this moment or maybe is already past struggling and is melting down. Um, sometimes we might need to remove ourselves if we are getting to that point where we're going to jump in the pool with them or, you know, start yelling back or whatever that is. That's, um, I think, a conversation for another episode. So I'm going to leave that one there because I want to move on to kind of a, maybe point three, I don't know, is co-regulating with our kids. So that means holding space for them and their emotions to be released. That might not be saying very much. It, it's, it's usually more being than doing. So being near your child, if you can, um, calm, keeping yourself calm with saying whatever you need to say internally, maybe externally. Sometimes I've said to my kids, I can see you're having a really hard time. I know that this is really tough for you. I'm going to keep myself calm. I'm here for you and we'll get through this together. I don't know, some version of that. Sometimes I say that it helps me. <laughs> I'm saying it half as much for me as I am for my child. <laughs> so yeah, co-regulating, holding space for those emotions to come out. And we can also look at, you know, how do we do that safely so that we can allow the emotion and yet not allow any and all behavior because some of that can be, um, you know, dangerous or hurtful. As soon as we are able to and they will allow, then ideally we want to reconnect with them. You have to wait until they're ready. Sometimes I'm checking, you know, I check with my son or my daughter and I'm like, can I come over? 
can I sit next to you? Do you want a hug? Do you want to talk yet? Do you want to come and have a drink? I'm not like firing those questions at them, but you know, we're, ha- you know, I'm checking in, but also I need to not, I need to realize, am I somewhat calm and regulated or am I kind of hovering near that red zone, so to speak? Um, because if I get a look from them, you know, one of those looks or a no, or go away, then is that going to send me over the edge? It's such a, it's like a fabric that is interwoven with so many things that we need to be aware of, right? It's very often, this is a messy process. And I want to say it's a human process too. You're not going to get it right all the time. I certainly don't. So Um, And the last thing I want to say is maybe this is a bit controversial. No punishment ever. Do not punish your kids for having a meltdown and do not punish them for having a tantrum. I know that that can sound really hard to do, maybe impossible. Maybe you might think, but how will they learn? Oh my goodness. I've got lots of, you know what? I'm just going to say head over to my Instagram because I've done a lot of uh, reels recently and posts on that. Um, And you can find my Instagram in the links below in the show notes and everything. But, you know, go on over there because I talk about why we don't punish kids and why we teach and coach them instead. So, of course, you can have a conversation after a tantrum or meltdown, after that blow up has happened, after everything went pear shaped and maybe they yelled, you yelled and and, it was just awful. So you can 1000% have a conversation actually make a point of it that I always do with both of my kids. Sometimes they're yucky and sometimes it doesn't have to be long. They don't want to hear most of it. Um, but if you pick the right time, like for us, it is kind of tuck in at bedtime when kids don't really want to like, they don't really want to go to bed unless they're exhausted. They don't really want to go to bed anyway. So they're always up for a chat. Um, but it's a snuggly one and it's a non-judgmental one and it's a, you know, let's work out how, we can do that a bit better next time kind of one. So yeah, no shame involved. Um, but zero punishment. If I can, if I can like hammer that home, um, then, then that would be amazing. So tantrums or meltdowns, I don't see a difference. Um, yes, they may start out differently, but like something else I want to point out, we do not know what, but like everything that is going on underneath our child's iceberg. When I talk about that, I've, I've got a, I'm sure I have blogs and articles I've written on it. Um, I am sure I have, I think I have YouTube videos on the iceberg, but just quickly, it's, you know, everything that's kind of swimming underneath the surface with our child that they have experienced that day or that they're going through or that's happening for them, which is kind of setting the bar for their nervous system. So things, um, um, actually there's a whole chapter in my book about it, which is called From Chaos to Connection. So in my book, I talk about things under your child's iceberg can be, I'm just going to reel off like a couple. Uh, They've had a previous argument. Um, They've skipped their lunch. So their blood sugar is a bit low. They had a bad night's sleep. So they're running on a few hours sleep. Uh, Grandma's in hospital. So that's kind of in the background worrying them. Their favorite teacher has been away for two weeks. Um, Mum and dad are stressed over, I don't know, work, money, um, you know, whatever that, whatever is happening. All of that stuff is iceberg stuff. Okay. Please know that icebergs um, are underneath our, they're underneath for us as well. Okay. So uh, that's something that I think we, we can sometimes have a bit of an idea about, 
but we don't always know 100% of the things that are going on for our child. Maybe something happened at school or daycare that we don't know about, that the teachers didn't even catch, you know, or that a conversation with their friend or a test coming up that you didn't know about. So tantrums and meltdowns, whatever that looks like, it could be in teens, it could be in toddlers. We just need to treat them with love and kindness, with empathy and compassion, and with the same patience that we would to another adult, maybe to our partner, right? <clears throat> I'm going to leave it there. I hope that was really, I thought that was helpful for you guys. I think it's really important to see our child's behavior, especially those challenging behaviors through the right lens so that we're coming from a place of somewhat understanding and compassion and, and wanting to help rather than the judgment and the shame and the, um, you know, I'm not helping you you should know better than this. You're putting it on like, you know, that, that kind of punitive, um, yeah, unhelpful, maybe damaging lens. Right. So we don't want to go there. Um, and another reminder, no punishment. <laughs> okay. A massive thank you for tuning in today and lending me 20, 30 minutes of your time <laughs> learning along with me on this journey, I do want to let you know that if you missed out on Chaos to Connection, which is my three-month program, the doors are closed, I have just launched, literally last week, it will be, last week I launched Evolve, which is my brand new six-week program for parents. And this is full of coaching. Like if you have questions specifically about your kid, your family, and you want to get them answered by me live, and you want to have that troubleshooting Q&A kind of conversation and coaching, then this is a program for you. I'm not going to share um, tons about it. I'm not going to take up your time. And I know most of you just come to listen and, and learn and, um, you know, be, be enlightened a little bit and entertained. But if you are interested in Evolve, we are still taking applications now. As I said, six-week program is all online. So no matter where in the world you are, you can apply and you can join. Uh, we can see if it's a right fit for you. We can chat on Zoom, you and I. Please let me know. I will put the link in the show notes, but it's really easy to remember because it's my website, which is stephaniepinto.com slash evolve. So E-V-O-L-V-E, -E, evolve. That's what you need to type in. Plus, it's probably going to be, I mean, it already is all over my social media. Um, it's on my website and in emails and things. So there are lots of ways you can find out about it. Um, but yeah, six weeks coming together every week on Zoom. Also, you will get a mini library of power packed, um, not a mini library, a library. It's a giant library of <laughs> mini lesson videos. And to be honest, they're between two and five minutes each most of them. So they are tiny bite sized and you can get the exact advice you need when you need it in that library of videos. So there is tons in there. And then obviously the live sessions. That's all I'm going to say. I really appreciate you again. I hope you have a great rest of your week, wherever you are in the world, stay safe and I will see you in the next one.